How many of you know we're here for a mission? We're not here just to gather, just to look at each other's pretty face. We're here for a mission. Lynn, we're here for a mission. Right? Ashley, we're here for a mission. Right? How many of you want to step into that mission and make a difference? Let's read this together. At Oak Tree Church, our mission, I'm sorry, I was reading the top. That's not even our mission statement. That's the title. All right, start over. You ready? At Oak Tree Church, our vision is to unite families and individuals to love God with everything and to glorify his name to everyone. Our purpose is to impact our city with the gospel and multiply the nature of Jesus throughout the whole earth. Our objective is to feed the hungry, heal the hurting, equip the called, and send the chosen. Give God a hand if you believe that. You know, being able to uh, help um, these foster kids and being able to really give in this time, that's what this season's all about, right? It's about giving. When you get older, you realize it's really more about giving than receiving and that you get excited when you're able to give because you love that person. And it's the same with God. It's the same with God. I'm excited to be able to give to God because, you know, when you give to people that are in need, you're giving to God. The Bible says, hey, uh, Jesus said in the end day, I'm going to say, hey, where were you when I was naked? Where were you when I was thirsty? Where were you? When I was in jail, how many of you know that when we do great things for others, it's doing it to Jesus? And so when you give to the house of God and when you give to people that are in need, God will bless you because you're, you're operating in true love. Because the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave. Your giving is connected to your love. If you want to know how much you love, ask yourself, how much do I give? It's true. Your giving is connected to your love. If, if, um, if, uh, if I'm counseling a young couple and, uh, and they're, like, thinking about, you know, going to the next step, and, and, uh, but they don't ever do anything for each other, I'm thinking, I don't, I'm not feeling the love here. You know, when the guy's expecting for the girl to pay every meal, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and, and it's kind of like um, it's all about me. How many of you know true love you can't help but give? True love you can't help but show it. And so I want to give you an opportunity to give today. We're going to have the ushers come up. And those that, that give, I believe God's going to bless you today. Do you believe that? Come on. If you're giving today, I want you to just lift up your offering. We're going to pray over it, Lord. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you're our provider, that you've given us the opportunity to give. And, Lord, as we give, we pray that you begin to multiply our gift, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. We thank you that in this season, in this season, that you're going to cause us to overflow. Lord, we bind fear. We bind anxiety. We bind lack in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for abundance because you're an abundant God. We thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody says amen, amen. We can pass that around. Are y'all loving this season? How many of you got your Christmas trees up? How many of you husbands, your wife's been putting you to work? You don't have to stop, man. I'm liking it. Y'all liking it? Just keep it going. Um... Leah's been putting me to work every single day. 
garland and lights and trees and and she's I think she's still got some more for me to do so that's how I can show Leah that she just had a birthday by the way yesterday she looks younger than ever y'all agree with me thank you <laughs> look at your neighbor and say today God's going to change you look at the other person and say he's going to do a work in you We've been, uh, we've been reading this portion of scripture in Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet, and in this portion of scripture, he is prophesying the birth of Jesus. And he is prophesying the name that marks Jesus. And so we've been going over the names of God. And the first name was a wonderful counselor. How many of you know that God doesn't want you to live just in this realm? He wants you to live in another realm. Just like when you're a kid and you're excited about presents and you're excited about Santa Claus, you, you're in this wonder, right? You're, you're childlike. It's the same thing with God. He wants you to be in wonder of him. He wants you to be in awe of him. And sometimes we can just get old as Christians instead of just believing that he could do anything. Instead of believing and coming into faith, how many of you want to be people that believe that he's a wonderful counselor? See, his wonder, the wonder in your heart is connected to you listening to the voice of God, listening to his counsel. And so as Christians, we have to come to a place where we're not coming to him just half-heartedly, but we're coming to him in all of him knowing that he can do anything. How many of you want to believe that? That it's our faith, it's our faith that pleases God, not just our works, but if you really have faith, you'll get to work. Am I right about it? And so he is a wonderful counsel. Let's see what else Isaiah says. It says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. You see, these are just names if you don't believe that God is really this person. These are just names, but God wants you to identify him with what he's called. And we know that if we're really believing it, then we're going to see the results in our life. If we believe he's a wonderful counselor, then we'll approach him as a wonderful counselor. And today I want to focus on the portion of his name that's a mighty God. How many of you know he's a mighty God? He's a mighty God. We hear that phrase all the time, but what does that mean? He's a mighty God. What does that mean? Let's look at Hebrews 11.6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. See, you get the reward when you believe. You get the reward when you believe. So if God is a mighty God, we will really tell if we believe it by the way that we live. It's, it's one thing a lost person can say, yeah, God is mighty. He's a mighty God. But another, there is another level when you believe that God is mighty in you. It's another level when you believe God is mighty around you. 
and you believe that God is mighty through you. How many of you believe that? Come on, say that with me. Say that with me. God is mighty in me. God is mighty around me. And God is mighty through me. You can do the hand motions if you want to. God is mighty in me. God is mighty around me. And God is mighty through me. We're going to say it till we get it. God is mighty in me. God is mighty around me. And God is mighty through me. God is mighty in me. God is mighty around me. And God is mighty through me. If you believe that, you need to give God a hand. Because he's not just this mighty God far off. He's mighty uh, in us. And we have to believe that. We have to know that. That word mighty, it's, uh, it means powerful. It means strength. It means also the, the root word comes from a warrior. We serve a God that's full of love, but he also, if you love, you have to hate. There are things that God hates, and it's called sin. So God loves you. He just hates the sin that's in us, and he loves us so much that he wants to get that out. Am I right about it? He wants to get that out. God is love, but he also hates, and because he hates, he's a warrior. Because he hates things in our lives, because he hates the enemy, because he is a strategic warrior. And if we see God in that way, I believe if we see God in that lens, then we'll begin to operate different. And I just believe that today that these are not going to just be words, but it's something that goes deep into your heart. These are not going to just be sayings, God is mighty, mighty God, mighty God. No, these are things that, man, I understand that God's mighty in me. And I'm walking like God is mighty in me. Listen, if you know that God is God is mighty in you, you'll walk a little different. If you know that God is mighty around you, you'll worry a little less. If you know that God is mighty through you, you might reach out a little more. And sometimes we can just get numb and think, you know, God is great out there, but I, I'm not really sure if he's great in me. No, he's great. He's great to make you great. How many of you believe that every person has a purpose? Every person has a purpose. Every person is like a gem or a jewel. Sometimes we got to get all the dirt off, right? But the truth is that everybody has a clear purpose and destiny for their life. God wants to use you in a mighty way. God wants to use you in an extraordinary way. He doesn't want to use you just in small ways, although he'll do it. But a great God wants to do great things in you. Don't think that you're ordinary. Don't think, well, I just, I'm going to have a normal life. No, God is not a normal God. He's a supernatural God. He puts a super on your natural. Am I right about it? You are, you're all right, just you, not really. But you, you join up with God, you're a majority now. And I believe that God wants to shake us a little bit and say, hey, you remember who you are? Remember what I called you to do? Remember your purpose? Life is empty without purpose. Am I right about it? Life is empty without a vision. It's empty. The Bible says that 
those without vision, they lose restraint or they, they kind of lose their discipline. A lot of times we don't have a sin problem, we have a vision problem. A lot of times we don't have these deep hang-ups, we just don't have vision anymore. And the vision is very simple. The vision is to reach out to people and love people and multiply what God has done in our life. You know, you can't do that when you're feeling guilty. You can't do that when you feel ashamed. You can't do that when you have the wrong identity. God wants to knock all that dirt off so that you can be able to come into a place where God is mighty in you, God is mighty around you, and God is mighty through you. You believe that? And God wants to do that in us today. I believe that that God wants to break some things off. You know, in a holiday season, we can tend to just want to coast and just Listen, coasting's good, but vacation is good, but never take a vacation from God. Relaxing is good, but never relax to the point where you put God on the back burner. How many of you know that, that God, he's our home. He's our home. I mean, when I first got saved, when I first gave my life to God, I had to get used to this God thing. Anybody with me? You had to get used to it, like you're learning it. It, it. Actually, sitting is actually home to you when you're in the world. And when you give your life to God, you have to, like, like living for God and being in God's presence is almost like foreign. And you have to kind of learn it. But when you live for God for a while, when you, when you go outside of that home and go back into the world, that does not feel like home anymore. Only his presence feels like home. And a lot of you, a lot of you, God wants you to know that he's wanting you to come back home. It's one thing to slip up. It's another thing to habitually slip up. And, and you're feeling kind of like torn and in the middle. And God is saying, I want you to come back home. I want this to be comfortable to you. Sin should not feel comfortable to us. Am I right about it? Sin should make us feel uneasy. You ever had to, um, you know, spend the night at somebody's house? Um, especially when you're older, you're, you're used to your own bed, used to your own thing. I, I'm not, I, I, I don't mind it, but uh, it's not as comfortable as home. It's not as comfortable. I want to get, I want to get in my own, own home. Am I right? I, like, I, I got, I, I appreciate the hospitality, but I got to get back home. And it's the same when you give your life to God, you feel uneasy living in the world. You feel uneasy with sin and things in your life. That's how you know that God's captured your heart because you're like, man, I got to come back home. I got to come back home. I, can't, I don't feel comfortable in the world. I don't feel peace in the world. See, when you're in the world, that's what makes you happy. That's what makes you good, and you kind of lose convictions, and you kind of get a cold heart about things, and, and sin is just kind of justified. And, but how many of you know that God created a kingdom for us so that we can have peace, joy, and righteousness? We can live in right standing with God. And today I want to challenge you, if you've been living outside of where God wants you to be in your home, don't feel condemned about it. Start to get convicted. And start to say, I got to change. God, I, I need to change. I need to come back home. How many of you know that his presence is home? Let's pray today. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you're changing us today. You're doing a work in us today. We just love you. We honor you. 
Change us by your word in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody says amen. Thank you, Todd. Let's give Todd a hand. You know, it, um, uh, it, it never fails. You ever, you ever have your Christmas tree up, you have lights up, you have everything up, and you still, you're not feeling the Christmas spirit yet? You ever felt that way? You're not really feeling it yet? Uh, that's why, that's why I, we went to go see that movie with our kids. What was it? The Star. It was some kind of Christmas. It was great. And finally, I was starting to get in the Christmas spirit. You know, movies can kind of do that. Y'all have a favorite movie, like a Christmas movie? Y'all know the Christmas story? Y'all know that one? You'll shoot your eye out. You know that one? That one? Or what about The Grinch? You know, when you watch when you watch these kind of stories, it does something. It gets you in the Christmas spirit. Elf, you got to love the elf. It's hilarious. My, my daughter was like, that's not funny. I was like, you are born in the wrong era. Era, you got you to gotta get in. That is, the, Will Ferrell is a pretty funny dude. Uh, what's another one? What's another one? Home Alone. How many of you grew up on Home Alone? You tortured your parents with booby traps because you saw that movie. You know, you're, you're, it's something about it. You get kind of swept away. What about It's a Wonderful Life? Have you ever seen that? I didn't see that till I was like, I don't know, 19 or 20. But that's a good movie. It's like black and white and, and just like good acting. That kind of movie, that will get you in the Christmas spirit. But, but there's something about these movies that they all have something in common. They all have something in common. It's centered around this Christmas spirit, and it's centered around that God can change you, God can change your surroundings, and there is something in the air that's magical, right? There's something, there's a common denominator in all of them, and all of them are that God can change things and God can work miracles. And a lot of times the world only sees this in one season. How many of you know we need to see it in every season? How many of you husbands, you're, you're tired of the, uh, the Hallmark uh, movies, Christmas movies already? Y'all pray for me. Just lift your, just stretch your hands out. Start, start praying for me. I don't think I can watch another Christmas movie with Jennifer Aniston in it again. She's in like 50 of them. Just pray for me. Thank you, guys. You know, it, 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 it's in this, in this season where you get caught up. How many of you know the Christmas spirit? It all has to do with Jesus. It all, people, don't real, people don't realize why they're feeling this way. But when Jesus is mentioned, even his very name is mentioned, the Bible says things start to shake. When his name, this is a season where his name is broadcast all through the world. How many of you know we need to jump on board with that? And, and the name of Jesus is above every single name. Every ruler will bow at the name of Jesus. Isn't it a beautiful thought that every single person on the face of the earth, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You might, be, you might not believe it right now, but there will be a day when every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord. He is a mighty God. He's above all our problems, all our situations. He is above, and he wants to do extraordinary things in us. Um, I love the Christmas story of, of Mary and Joseph because it really depicts what God does through us. 
what God does through us in salvation, what God does through us in deliverance, it really depicts that God is mighty in us. And it's a story that if we look at, we begin to see how God is able to operate in our life. You know, Mary, Mary was a virgin, and an angel came to Mary and said, Mary, you're going to have a child, and this child's name is Jesus. He's going to be Emmanuel, right? And he is going to be one that said, he's going to be the Messiah. And Mary was in a place where she understood that the seed of God came from the Holy Spirit. That's a pretty crazy thought, just in that, that the seed of God came through the Holy Spirit. How many of you, if you were Joseph, were like, I'm going to have to hear from God myself because I don't think this is, you know what I'm saying? The the seed of God was embedded in Mary, and she was going to birth a son. I think that is just a beautiful story because just that same miracle that the seed of God went into Mary and she began to get pregnant with Jesus. It is the same miracle in salvation. It is the word of God that gets in our heart and it gets embedded in our heart and it is an incorruptible seed. Incorruptible. Incorruptible. I think if we really believe that it's an incorruptible seed, we'll be living a little differently. I mean, it is incorruptible. Nothing can change it. Nothing can can get rid of it when you really hear the word of God and you enter into salvation. It is a bigger, just as big of a miracle as Mary getting pregnant by the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's something in you that you know that this thing is going to overcome the world. I think if we knew that if the seed, see, a seed, it has to grow when it comes from God. And a lot of times in our life, we're wondering where God is. We're wondering, you know, is God, are you really working in me? you got to believe that he's a mighty God and he's working in you. He's a mighty God and he is in you. And maybe you're not where you want to be, but you're going to get there because the seed is going to begin to grow. It overcomes the world. It overcomes the things in the world. And you might be in a place where you can get discouraged. Don't get discouraged when you know there's a mighty God in you. That seed in you is going to produce fruit, and you're not going to be able to do it on your own, but God's going to begin to get birth through you. Does that make sense? God's going to bring fruit from you. And, and when you believe this, you start to worry a little less. See, a lot of people, a lot of people don't really believe that there's an incorruptible seed in them. They don't believe that this thing is growing and it's growing no matter if you like it or not. When you've given your life to God and you accepted Jesus, this thing is growing. God's whole purpose is that you start to become and look like him. And this thing, it starts to grow. You see, like abortion, I'm, 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 I am uh, amazed at how many Christians uh, are not phased or, or believe that it's okay to have an abortion. How many of you know that God knew us before we were ever in our mother's womb? See, but the way that you justify abortion is you say, well, the thing, the seed that's in me is not living. The way that you justify it is, is saying, the seed that's in me, it's not even alive. But how many of you know that thing is alive? That, that um, that's embedded in a woman, it's alive. And how many of you know that we can't uh, listen to the culture with what's right or wrong? See, the enemy is working overtime 
Because there are people with great destinies that are never going to get born because we have come into the illusion that it's okay. And the, the, I've, I've even counseled Christians, and listen, if, if you've had an abortion, listen, uh, God can forgive you. God will forgive you. He has forgiven you. But you also have to know that it's wrong. We have prominent pastors that don't, will not say that abortion is wrong. It's wrong. It's not of God. Come on, somebody. It's the word of God. It's the word of God. You shouldn't have to tiptoe when it comes to the word of God. The Bible said that he knew us before we were ever in there, that he knit us together. Come on. But people will justify it because they'll say, you know what, I'm going to abort this because I don't believe that it's alive. And a lot of people will abort the plan of God in their life. They will abort what God wants to do in their life because they don't believe that there's an incorruptible seed that's in their heart. How many of you are thankful that the word of God is in your heart and that God has touched you, God has set you free, God has saved you, that it is finished, that it's finished? You are, see, the thing that's different about us, we know we're going to heaven. We know that we're going to heaven. Why? Because there, there is an incorruptible seed in us and there's this faith. Just like when a woman, when she knows she's pregnant, she knows it. She knows it. Every time Leah was pregnant, she knew it. She knew that she was pregnant. She felt different. When you get the word of God in your heart, you begin to feel different. You begin to have different cravings. You begin to, you begin to operate different. Why? Because the incorruptible seed has entered into your heart. How many of you know that the main purpose of that, main purpose of that is to be able to give it away. See, we are seed sowers. God has put that seed in us so that we can plant it in other people. God has put that in us so that we can plant these seeds into other people's hearts. That's why we tell people about God. They will not have that seed in their, in their heart unless somebody tells them about the gospel. The gospel is alive. The word of God is alive. It's powerful. It's dynamic. But we have to be ones that say, every time I get an opportunity to sow a seed on good ground, I'm going to sow that seed. I'm going to share my testimony. I'm going to love somebody. Every time I get an opportunity in this season to share the gospel, I'm going to be able to share the gospel and share that Jesus took it all for them and that he has a better way for their life. How many of you want to do that in this season? That you don't want it to be just all about you and consumed about you. You know that in this season, people are more open to accept Jesus than any other season. How many of you believe that some of your family members are coming to God? Some of your friends are coming to God. Why? Because the Bible says that they'll never know unless we tell them. They'll never get it unless we tell them. And you think, oh, well, it's just a small thing sowing that seed. No, 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 it's huge. It's huge. There was a, there was a guy at the, um, the gym the other day. I always run into him, and, and uh, he was just saying, uh, you know, he, he didn't know what he's doing with his life, and, and he's just not sure where to go. And uh, he asked me, he said, what do you do? I said, I'm a pastor. He's like, no way. You're not. A, I was like, thank God. Let's keep it that way. Uh, he was like, I, I would have never thought. He said, uh, he, he started asking questions, how did you get in that and this and that. I said, listen, man, whenever you hook up with God, he begins to lay things out for you, and he begins to line a life out for you, and he begins to listen. And you can tell it was just a small statement, but the next time I see him, that seed's going to grow. 
That, that, that thing that you keep sowing in the people, he, he is going to come to a place where he's going to say, man, man, I want to fully accept this in my life because it's only God that's going to bring me in the right direction. Let me ask you, are you keeping the seed for yourself or are you sowing the seed? Because you'll never feel fulfillment as a Christian keeping it to yourself. You're never going to feel the fulfillment. Listen, you are the best you when you're sowing seeds in the other people. Are y'all hearing me? When is the last time you've been able to share the gospel? Isn't it the Great Commission? Isn't it what we were born to do was to, to win people to him and make disciples? And when we're not doing that, when we're not operating in that way, we're not really, it's like a car that's not running. We're not functioning the way that we're supposed to function. How many of you want to be determined that you're going to give that seed away? You're going to give it away and you're going to see God. See, we sow seeds, God begins to bring the increase. Your job is not to bring the increase. Your job is only to sow seed. Why? Because you have an incorruptible seed that lives in you. See, don't be, don't be discouraged if you're sowing seeds and you're not seeing the fruit of what you're sowing. See, God will bless you with what you sow. The outcome, it really belongs to God. How many of you are thankful that the outcome belongs to God? It is a miracle that you gave your life to God. It is a miracle. It is just the same kind of miracle that Mary experienced. It is that type of miracle. How did it happen? We don't even really know. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit, it goes around and it begins to change people. And I'm just thankful today that God chose us. I'm thankful today that God saw us before the foundations of the world and said these are going to be a people that are going to be marked by me, separated for me, and going to do great things in me. How many of you believe that? I just believe today in this season God wants us to come into a place that we know that God is mighty in us. If he's mighty in us, then he can cause us to really know that he's not done with me yet. He's not done with me yet. You might be in a place where you feel like, man, I just feel like I can't go to the, listen, God is not done with you yet. He's not finished with you. He still has work in you. And just like that seed in the ground and good soil, it's destined to come up. It's destined to come up in your life. And so don't get trapped in this place. See, a lot of people, they abort it because they don't think it's working. They abort that seed because they don't think that it's producing the fruit. But God's word, when you begin to say, he's a mighty God in me, he's a mighty God in me, he's alive in me. How many of you want to stand on that word? Let's read this scripture. It's in Ephesians 6.10. Ephesians 6.10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. How many of you want to be strong in him? Not strong in your own abilities, strong in your own efforts, but strong in God. See, when we get outside of him and think that we have strength outside of him, that's when brokenness comes. But when we know that God is strong in us and we're strong in him, we have strength, we have might, we know that that incorruptible seed is in us, then nothing's impossible. The second thing is this. He's mighty around me. I love the portion of scripture when when the angel told Joseph, he said, "Listen, you got to go away." He went to Bethlehem. The wise men 
knew about the Savior because of the star, and Herod wanted to kill Jesus. How many of you know the enemy hates you? <laughs> whenever that seed, whenever that seed comes into you, you got to know something. Whenever that seed comes into you, whenever that word of God comes into you, salvation comes into you, there's two things that happen. Number one, all of heaven backs you up. Angels, heaven, you are God's property. He's going to direct you and he's going to protect you. But you have to know on the opposite side, there is an enemy that wants to kill you. This is a real world. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. How many of you want to begin to come into faith that God is mighty around me? See, when Mary got pregnant, all of heaven's attention went on the Son of God, and God was going to make sure that she's going to be directed out of the hand of the enemy. And we have a lot of Christians that do a lot of worrying because they don't believe that God is protecting them and providing for them and directing them. How many of you want to come into a place know that God is around me? God is mighty around me. God is working things out. Don't you love that God is a strategic warrior? He's a strategic warrior. In other words, he can fight, but he, can, he doesn't just fight for you. He fights for you strategically. He's able to outsmart the enemy. He, is, he has the enemy in checkmates. How many of you are excited that the enemy is in checkmate in your life? You might feel like you're going through dead ends, but it's checkmate for the enemy. You might feel like the enemy is winning, but we got to believe that the grace of God is stronger. we got to believe that the grace of God is greater and that he's finishing the work that he started in us. And, and this thing that God is going to move you around the way that he wants you to so that you don't get in the trap of the enemy. Some of you, some of you, some of you, you stay up at night in fear. You stay up at night in fear, but when you know that God is working around you, even when it doesn't make sense, even when it doesn't come all together, when God is working around you, you don't have to stay up at night in fear and anxiety because you know that he's fighting for you. I said God's fighting for you. God, the mighty God that we serve is literally fighting for you. I don't know about you, but that makes me excited. That, that you might worry about your future. No, God is situating you right where he wants you. See, I can imagine, I can imagine that is a startling thing when, when an angel comes to you and says, listen, there's a, a king, he wants to kill you. You got to go to Egypt. And God strategically put them in place that, that just did not make sense. It did not make sense. You might be in a place in your life that doesn't make sense. you got to know that God is strategically working for you. You might be in a place you're like, I don't know why I'm working here. I don't know why I'm in this neighborhood. I don't know why I'm in this position. you got to know that God is moving you because he's fighting for you. And he might be, he might be putting you out of the way of the enemy. There are times we get so aggravated with life, but if we recognize sometimes life happens to save you. You got a flat tire. Okay, well, God knew down the street you could have got hit by a Mack truck. Come on, somebody. You think, you, think, you think what you're going through is just horrible. Sometimes God will get you out of the way because he knows where the enemy is. He's strategic. God is strategic. He's a strategic warrior, and he's working for you. He's working on your behalf. So don't, don't get discouraged with where you are. I love this scripture. I, when I read it, 
I want you to just receive it for yourself. It's in Psalms 91, 2 through 7. It says this. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. Come on, that's for somebody in here today. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. I don't know about you, but that gives me some peace. He's going to protect you from every trap of the enemy, every disease of the enemy. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of night. Do not be afraid of the arrows that fly in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness. Cancer, diabetes, different things that are in your family line. The Bible says don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of it. How many of you believe that? Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday, though a thousand may fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying all around you. These evils will not touch you. Do you believe that? Verse 9, if you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. That evil, that sin that you feel like is conquering you, no, because you belong to God, you're going to overcome that thing. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. These evils will not touch you. If you make the Lord your refuge, it says he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. Come on, I think if we got a glimpse in the supernatural realm, we would have a little bit more peace. How many of you know there are angels right now all around us protecting us? I pray for my friend James. He's on a, uh, the police uh, academy in Baton Rouge. I, when I pray for him, I picture angels all around him, all around him, all around the evil that's surrounding him. How many of you know that we have to begin to pray for people that are, are, are in the midst of helping us and serving us? And you have to, listen, it is our faith that activates angels. It is our faith that activates the Holy Spirit. And listen, that next time when you begin to have that horrible thought that something that can happen to a family member or a loved one, you need to pray. You need to say by the blood of Jesus, they're protected by the blood of Jesus. That, that because they are connected with you, that you're going to begin to shelter them. You're going to begin to protect them. How many of you know we need protection over our nation? How are we going to get protection over our nation? By faith. By faith. And obviously, we need people in place that do the the natural things. But we have to come to a place to know that with faith, God is fighting for us. Do you believe that? Somebody's calling me right now. They must not know that I'm doing this. Mark, was that you? Okay. Just making sure. You're known to do that in the middle of a sermon. He's like, amen, that's good. (laughs) That might be a new thing. It's 2017. If you're feeling it, just text me. (laughs) Because you are a little quiet today. Maybe maybe it's uh, you're thinking about texting. Number three, he's mighty through me. He's mighty through me. You got to think about Joseph, the responsibility that he felt with guiding Mary. That this is the son of God, this is the savior of the world, and he has the responsibility to be with them and bring her into a right place. How many of you know that he went to a lot of places and they shut the door on him? Can you believe that? I don't even think that would happen in Hammond. If somebody's pregnant and they want to have a baby, I think somebody would have enough compassion to find out. But Jesus, Jesus, they're shutting doors on Jesus. 
you would think, you would think this is the son of God. He's going to have the best inn there is. It's going to be like the Roosevelt Hotel with Christmas lights and music and dancing and singing. God's going to set it all up. No, Jesus is brought to an inn to get delivered and doors are shut in his face. And we think that God's not with us when doors are shut in our life. How many of you know that God had a bigger plan for where they needed to be? See, there are doors that are shut in your life that you have to go ahead and say, no, it's God. He's bringing me to a better place because he is going to work through me. Joseph had a purpose, and God was going to work through Joseph. And you have to believe that shut doors are only a setup for a comeback. Do you believe that? That relationship that failed, no, that was God. That was God that made it not work. Why? Because, Because he knew that relationship wasn't good for you. That closed door in a job, and you're not knowing why. God is setting you up for your purpose. Do you believe that? I love the fact that Jesus, the Son of God, was born in a manger. I love that because it shows how humble God is. It shows that God is not scared of dilapidated things. God is not scared of small beginnings. See, it's not where you start, it's where you end up. It's not where you begin, it's how you finish. And God wants to tell you today, maybe you're in a place that doesn't make sense. Maybe there's been some shut doors. Maybe you're starting slow, but you got to know that God has a plan. See, God knew, Joseph knew. I mean, I think if I was Joseph, I would think, man, I'm not equipped for this. Everywhere I'm bringing Jesus, there's a shut door, and now I've got my fiancé in a manger with animals. I don't think this is God. You ever felt that before? Like, God, what am I doing right now? This is not feeling like you. (laughs) But God backed it up with his presence. And even if you're in a dire situation, God can bring all his presence in something that looks very ugly. And you got to believe in your life where you are is where God wants you to be. And he's going to get you out, and he's strategically going to use you. What a great destiny that Joseph had to guide Mary to have Jesus. Listen, some of you, you're, you're, you're in a place, you feel like that you're in that dirty manger. God's presence can show up there. And you might be in that dirty manger because when you get out of it, you're going to be able to encourage somebody else that was there. Some of you, you lost your job and God blessed you three times as much in the new job. You wonder why you bless that job. It's so that you can encourage other people that are going through the same thing. God is not scared of dilapidated things. God is not scared of broken down things. God will use those broken down things for your good. Come on, do you believe it? Yeah, give God a hand if you want to. I can get somebody to come and play. See, it's our weakness that we find our strength in God. It's our weakness. See, where we are weak, he is strong. Where we are weak, he is strong. Where are you weak today? Where are you weak today? Because God is going to make you strong when you believe that he is mighty through you. See, the man that couldn't see, the disciples and Jesus walk up on a man that's blind, and they say, oh, that guy's blind, he must have sinned. Or his parents sinned, or something like that. There's something wrong with this situation. Uh, you know, he, is, uh, he must have done something really bad. And, and, and Jesus said, no, 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 
you got it all wrong. He's blind so that the glory of God can show up so that he can see. You might have things in your life, you don't know why they're happening. You don't know why you're having this weakness. I can tell you this, I can tell you this, God is a redeeming God. He's able to turn it around. If you are dealing with purity in your life, you got to know that God is going to turn it around for your good and cause you to come into holiness and you're going to have a testimony. Listen, if you don't have any difficulties, you'll never have a testimony. And you might be working out some things. I want to I encourage you, don't identify yourself with your weakness. Identify yourself with who God is. Don't identify yourself in the situation you're in. Identify yourself with God being mighty around you. Come on, don't identify yourself by what you're going through. Begin to believe that God is a mighty God. I believe today that there's somebody here, there's some people here that you have almost latched on to your deficiencies. You have almost latched on to your weaknesses and accept them. You've accepted them. And God wants you to know today that if you give that to me, if you give that to me, I'm going to change everything around. Don't identify yourself. See, God is a mighty God. And when we identify ourselves with him, then we finally find out who we are. When we identify, if he's mighty and I'm his son, then I'm mighty. If he's mighty and you're his daughter, you're mighty. See, knowing who God is begins to tell you who you are. If God is mighty, then you're mighty. Why? Because he lives in you. And if we believe that we are, then we'll begin to do some things that we've never done. Don't let fear, don't let your circumstance, don't let your situation keep you from knowing how good God is and how great you are. Disciples were all sitting around and Jesus said, who do men say that I am? And Peter, he's a loud mouth, you know, kind of like Colt. I'm joking. Peter says, well, you know, some say Elijah, some say prophet, some say different things. And God says, who do you say that I am? And he says, well, you're the Messiah. You're the son of God. And Jesus says this. He says, flesh and blood has not showed you this, but my father which is in heaven. And then he begins to tell him who he is. He says, you're the rock, and upon this rock I'm going to build my church. you got to quit looking at you and start looking at him. You've got to quit identifying yourself with you, where you came from, where you're living right now, what you're going through, and begin to identify yourself with him. Because as soon as Peter recognized who God was, God said, this is who you are. And if you're battling with identity, you're battling, you're more than your occupation. You're more than your bank account. I felt the same way. <laughs> You're more than who you're around. Don't identify yourself with your situation. I believe today God's going to begin to break off a wrong identity and just how mighty God is. You can believe God is mighty, but do you believe that God is mighty in you? You believe that God is mighty around us, but do you believe that God is a, a, a mighty around your situation? Like Peter said, God, you are the Messiah. See, those of you that are saved in this room, don't forget who you are. 
Don't forget who God called. The enemy is working overtime to tell us who we are. You don't measure up. You'll never get that dream that was spoken into your life. Just live a normal, just kind of be passive. Just go through it. Go through the motions. No, no, no. I serve a mighty God. I serve a mighty God. How many of you here serve a mighty God? If you serve a mighty God, he's going to be mighty through you. Come on, if you believe it, just stand to your feet right where you are. And if there are things in your life that you have found that you've identified with, maybe a situation, a circumstance, maybe closed doors, maybe a situation that's not ideal, and you found yourself slipping away forgetting who you are, you found yourself doing things that you didn't do before. And God is saying this. He's saying, get back into looking to me and begin to know who you are in me. Come on, if you re- want to receive that today, I want you to just lift your hands. Repeat after me. Say, Jesus, you are mighty. Come on, say it with all your heart. Jesus, you are mighty. And I believe today. And I stand on faith today that you're mighty in me, you're mighty around me, and you're mighty through me. Lord, I thank you for everyone that declared that today. I pray that you begin to open their eyes to who you are so that they begin to know who they are. God, I thank you that they don't need, uh, they don't need anybody else. They don't need a relationship. They don't need uh, affirmation from a boss. They, they don't need anything else to know who they are. They know who they are because they know you. And, Lord, I thank you that we're your children, that that incorruptible seed will begin to produce in us and we'll begin to look more like you. Lord, I thank you for your people. And I pray in this season right now, that they'll be more focused on you than the things. They'll be more focused on you than what's going on around them. Lord, I thank you that you're opening up their eyes. Give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the mighty name of Jesus. Let them stay up at night thinking about who you are, God. Let them go to bed knowing who you are, God. And Lord, I pray that you'll begin to change them from the inside out. Come on, if you believe that today, I want you to give God a shout. Give God a hand, a hug three people and say, we serve a mighty God. I love you guys. See you this week.